0: welcome to this week's edition of the creature of the wheel podcast uh this week has been kind of an up and down week for me um due to uh, me being insanely busy and by busy of course i mean lazy um i did have a uh an opportunity to interview christian and so uh, we sat down and had a big nice long conversation so thankfully i've got a lot of content volume wise there and i think it's a pretty interesting and entertaining conversation so i got that going for me but um Yeah, this week uh, the podcast is a little bit delayed, but brought to you nonetheless by Abbey Bike Tools. Uh, Go over to SRAMNation.com or AbbeyBikeTool.com and uh, check out what they have to offer. Uh, Again, you know, best bike uh, tools in the industry. I saw this week that uh, they had their sort of annual open house. I don't know if it's an annual thing, but they did it last year. Uh, Open house at the Cascade Classic where people got to uh, peruse factory seconds and and blemished uh products and it looked like they had a batch of cookies and uh some some form of dead animal that they were uh barbecuing and or uh seasoning and serving uh looked like a good old time it looked like uh the friar had a, a pretty awesome uh king diamond style merciful fate style cross that he made out of crummy tools which uh jace if you're listening go ahead and send that up uh to me immediately uh but yeah uh again you know best best uh, uh, bike-specific tools in the industry, um, uh, head on over to Uh The reason you would go over to sramnation.com is because they have a new line of tools specifically made to uh, uh, work on RockShox products such as Reverb and uh, Charger um, dampers. But uh, yeah, uh, head on over to SRAM Nation, see what they got over there and uh, head on over to abby bike tools and see what they got there um, and then uh, this week's podcast is also brought to you by the pro bma uh, head on over to probma.org um, the professional bicycle mechanics association is a is in my opinion the best outlet for uh, mechanics the best group for mechanics to be uh, a part of um, if you uh work on bikes at all or if the if the mechanical end of bicycles interests you at all, be sure and go over to probma.org and check out what they have to offer over there. Um, there are n- a number of different, uh, membership options for anybody who is, uh, from all the way down, uh, from a, uh, just a, a novice hobbyist that is just sort of interested in bicycle mechanics all the way up to a seasoned, uh, professional, uh, mechanic, that uh, uh works on the big guns bikes uh they have a tiered membership for everyone um and then you know and, and when i say everyone i mean everyone shop owner uh, uh industry member uh, every single uh, type of member me- membership you could possibly want is over there uh it's it's worth your time check out what they got on going on over there i know there are a lot of workshop shops coming up in denver dc portland uh, there might be another city in there someplace i'm not sure but yeah, go ahead and go over to ProBMA.org and check out what they got going on. And then uh, let's see what else is going on this week. Not a whole lot uh, news-wise. Um, again, I got a lot of content this week just because of the length of the the interview that I had with Christian. But uh, a lot of good stuff in that interview entertainment-wise. And then also he he is uh, sort of speaking as a mechanic who's climbed his way up the the... Tiers of the ladder, so to speak, to uh, to get where he's at in the industry, and that is, uh, you know, I would say a pretty lofty title. Uh, in these, he works in the test lab at specialized bicycle components, uh, obviously one of the bigger bicycle manufacturers uh, out there, and uh, he's really good at what he does. I know I know Christian personally, and he's a great dude. Um, I think he is just getting over his injuries and heading back to work. So Christian, if you're listening to this, thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll get you on again because he uh, made, uh, made for good television, as they say. <laughs> um, uh, I think that is going to do it for the intro this week. Uh, so, yeah, without any further ado, Christian McKinney from Specialized Bicycle Components working in the test lab over, over there for them in Morgan Hill, California. I'm sitting in the darkness anyway, so I'm not much to look at. But uh, you are a sight for sore eyes. Uh, Oh, that's not creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, no, dude. Hey, let's talk about how creepy it is in Quebec uh, uh, during the summer. Hey, I got ready for uh, really crappy winters. You know, I knew it was going to be horrible during the winter. Like, you know, people weren't like, you know, trying to hide that shit from me. You know, it was going to suck during the winter. But I thought, you know, uh, you know. during the summer, it might be nice, right? Hey, it fucking sucks. Dude. <laughs> it, Still snowing up there? <laughs> no, it's not. It, it's not snowing, but it rained like a motherfucker today. It was like Is Seattle a- style rain. Like, like it looked like the oh. Lord was dumping my, you know, uh, uh, buckets of water on my car. It was a bummer. That was
1: that was all of like uh, was it January through March here in, in, in the Bay
0: Area. Yeah, that's true. You remember that? I do remember. that, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah man, how, how, how's things, man? How you doing? You look good. Let me, let me see that Oh on. thank. You. Uh, I can only turn it like that. Oh, there yeah, you go. Yeah, well, yeah, so no cast though.
1: Oh yeah, that's all off. I was wearing a brace for a while. Yeah, I saw that. Um and now I'm braceless and I start physical therapy tomorrow actually.
0: Oh right on. You have any idea so, what they're gonna yeah. have you? Be, uh, they're gonna have you doing?
1: I don't know, but it's probably gonna hurt. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: I, let me uh, give you a spoiler alert. It's gonna hurt. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not. I'm excited to to work this thing out, and try to and get it back mobile again, but I'm not looking forward to the physical therapy.
0: <laughs> well, for those listening, uh, you know Christian had a real bad spill. Uh, I guess awesome. we can we can start things out that way because that happened while yeah. I was in while I was in Arizona um yeah i i had a career opportunity in arizona that fell through but um uh christian uh, uh crashed on his bicycle we uh, christian and i were co-workers together at, at a former employer and uh uh christian had a, a, a bad spill a, on his bike oh the oz, or
1: Galeazzi fracture it's when you're uh it's when your your ulnar separates from your wrist and your radius just snaps in half.
0: Holy so,
1: uh, smokes! That sounds yeah, like all kinds
0: of no good on two different fronts.
1: Yeah, it was it was all bad. So yeah. I I'm I'm about two just over two months into this this whole journey. Yeah. And so, uh, like on the Oregon Trail of life, I fell off the back of the wagon. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Hey, uh, do me a favor and and turn your microphone down a little bit. Okay, let me see if
1: I can do that on this phone. Yeah. Cause I'm getting uh, some crackling here,
0: and, but that's okay. I mean, uh, Is that yeah. Any- yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's better actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah
1: so. You know, it's it's been a, uh, it's been a rough go around, but uh, yeah, that happened and that kind of put me out it's kind of put me at a commission for a while. I've just now kind of gotten back to pedaling around the neighborhood. But uh, it's funny as we speak about you know bicycles and whatnot. I'm sitting in a pile of parts right now.
0: Yeah, that's all I like to hear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw a picture of you on the Grammys uh, on your new pink bike, uh, and <laughs> by pink bike, I don't mean like the website. Or uh, content provider, I mean, uh, um, it, uh, Christian is the proud owner of a new pink bicycle. Um, <laughs> well, it's uh, it's an older bike, but right. right I, well, I, new to you, anyway.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I uh, I actually was lucky enough to pick that up from uh, from a guy who's pretty Instagram famous, uh, Christopher Cho. Uh, oh, I am Tom Instagram Cruise. famous.
0: I'm Tom Cruise.
1: Yeah, yeah, I got that bike from him. That's one of his old bikes. I was, uh, I was like really creepily in love with that bike for years. From afar, I'd seen it on the Radivist a few times, and I just actually ended up working with Chris at a, at a, you know, current employer, and I always joked around with him. Well, he thought I was joking. I was, I was dead serious. Was like, if you ever get ready to sell that thing, man, you know, let me get first dibs on it. And it just so happened that the stars aligned, so I could do that. So. Well, that was one of my first kind of uh, test outs of my new my new mechanically rebuilt arm. Was trying to build that
0: bike. Nice, nice. Uh, how did that end up working out? Now let me let me ask you this: How well did it shift out of the gate?
1: Oh man, I'm uh, you know I, I I've been a Shimano guy, guy for a long time, so I took it around the block, and uh, I think I got down and had to. Add a couple of turns to the rear derailleur, front shifting was fine. I've always, I was a stickler for getting the, uh, long lever arm Shimano stuff, the 11 speed front derailleur is perfect. So I had that dialed right out of the gate. I did a pretty good job.
0: (laughs) That's what I like to hear. Good job. Good job. So, uh, for those listening, uh, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of name dropping or like, you know, attaching a huge amount of credit to, to my name, especially when it comes to like past employers, uh, as I'm currently unemployed um, So I don't like to I don't like people to think that This is like uh, some venture to, to try and boost my name Or like uh, come up on something That you know uh, Based on somebody else's name But uh, uh, I, it, it is fair to say That Christian is uh, employed By uh, specialized bicycles Can I get, We can say that Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's employed by Specialized Bicycles, but um, he's not on this podcast representing Specialized Bicycles. It's just me and him having a conversation. Uh, Christian is uh, two in old the chums. engine. I'm sorry?
1: I said two old bike chums. Just yeah, yeah here. exactly. Right, yeah,
0: yeah. It's, uh, Christian uh, works for Specialized in an engineering capacity, He's in, he works in the test lab. Um, yep. But he's on this conversation. He's on this uh, uh, podcast, just sort of having a conversation as uh, uh, two bike mechanics do. Because he came uh, while he is in the engineering department, he did come from uh, uh, more humble beginnings as a mechanic at several That's different correct. shops, and uh, and I have witnessed his mechanical acumen and leaned on his mechanical acumen. From time to time, and he's been a huge resource, and he is a good ear to tug on when you need to know how something works. And uh, I think that engineering is—I think there's a large schism in between uh, engineering and mechanics, in that uh, there is a little built-in friction there, where it, uh, a lot of engineers on a—I um, don't know, for lack of a better term, because I'm mechanic. Um, uh, on the more engineering side of things, sort of uh, pontificate on how things should work, and uh, when it trickles all the way down to the mechanic, it ends up not working, and you're kind of the cog in between. Um, yeah, it's you're kind of the person that 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 uh, implements the ideas that quote unquote should work, and. Um, on the engineering end, you go back to the engineers and go, nah, or... Yeah, basically, yeah.
1: I, I I make you, I guess my job is like, we, this is what it should do or what it's designed to do and then we prove it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, like, I think that there should, I think there should be more of that. Do you think that that is a concept that is uh, fairly prevalent in the bike industry or do you think that a lot of people kind of grip it and rip it and and don't have that kind of necessary communication between um, the engineer and the, like, uh, like boots-on-the-ground mechanic.
1: You know, I, it's kind of hard because, you know, cycling for a long time wasn't necessarily this, this huge engineering thing. You know, if you look back to the, you know, up until you know, probably the last 20 or so years with the, you know, the advent of carbon fiber it was, you know, independent artisans just kinda of sitting in a shop. So the the whole, you know, real high tech engineering side has just kind of come about with the advent of, of new materials. So, you know, that kind of shop level grassrootsness is kind of left as far as the major part of the cycling industry goes. But you know, I do feel like that's very important. I kinda of have a weird background. Um, I came from motorsports early on uh, in college days but always worked in a bike shop and you know, my whole love for wanting to work on a bike came from you know not necessarily wanting to pay somebody to do it and figure it out myself
0: yeah I, so, that, right here that's all me too like that's, yeah, that's how it starts <laughs> yeah that is how it starts with a lot of people too like i've noticed that that is kind of a uh, a pretty common thread uh as far as uh mechanics go like you know uh, folks who owned a bike and loved riding it but when it came down to fixing it like i mean couldn't fork over uh the kind of money that it takes which you know in retrospect now that i look at it it's like man we don't really charge a lot to to get somebody's bike up and running but yeah you, at, you don't at, at the same time you know when you're dirt poor you're dirt poor yeah i, I uh,
1: actually <laughs> I'm, I'm originally
0: from north carolina
1: and um Back home, I I remember having like neighborhood kids and stuff like that. And they eventually figured out, you know, I worked on bikes and all. So that was kind of how it started, you know, was just wanting to know how to be able to take care of my own stuff. And uh, it kind of went on from there. Like, I was, I never planned on being a a lifer, you know, in the cycling thing, but it's just something that kind of I was good at and I really love it. Like, you know.
0: Yeah, you really do love it. I was going to say, like, you know, you might not have (laughs) planned on being on being a lifer, but at the same time, um, with somebody who loves cycling as much as you do and like, and listen to me, I love cycling. I really like cycling quite a bit. You like cycling a lot more than I do. Like, um, I'm you, you a have bit a bit obsessive. Yeah, you, well, no, I, I don't even know about obsessive. I just think that you have a, a, a larger amount of quan or like whatever it, it is you want to, uh, uh, assign to it. Um, for cycling, you know, like uh, I'm Christian would visit me every once in a while and be like, "Hey, oh, did you see what happened in like the Tour de to Hargrave?" And I'd be like, "Nah, man, <laughs> 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 I, I have no idea what happened in the Tour de to Hargrave." You know, like she
1: like, uh, like <laughs> kilometer two hundred and sixty when that guy like <laughs> you know spit out of jail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, uh, I, "I did not like, uh, but there's the show <laughs> happening tonight," you know, like, <laughs> uh, but like. Uh, But, yeah, like, I I think that, you know, I mean, obviously there's nothing bad about uh, uh, being obsessive or uh, having a a more general, like, love for cycling or, you know, less uh, as far as that's concerned. I mean, as long as – I just sort of want to make this podcast kind of an open place for anybody who enjoys cycling – with an emphasis on the uh, mechanical end of things, um, so you know, I, I want to represent the the uh, person who uh, you know can't quite keep the chain on his bike and it depends on it going to work. Yeah. Uh, all the way up to somebody who has some kind of a you know mechanical engineering. Um, knowledge of of uh, how a bike works. I, now, I
1: definitely I don't want anybody to like get. You know, oh God, he's got this this guy on from this big evil company. No, it's it's it really it's 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 never been like that. And it's, even still now, but you know, I I cut my teeth in a lot of different types of shops. From like you know, the first bike shop that I ever worked in was a really small place uh, in North Carolina called Recycles. It's in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you ever find yourself there, yeah, stop by there uh Merritt White's the owner um I worked there for ooh, maybe four years and I really cut my teeth in that place and I learned like one of the best mechanics I've ever worked with was a guy named Brahi Bomberger he's from Peru and uh he always told me I was like man how did you learn to fix that and he's just like well where I'm from we don't have bike shops anywhere in the you either order stuff offline or you just you know figure it out
0: and uh he actually has his own shop now, too, called Galactic Bicycles in North Dude, Carolina. But I was just going to say, that would make for a very, very, like, sound understanding of how a bicycle works.
1: Yeah, I mean, this guy learned to be a phenomenal mechanic out of necessity, and that always stuck with me. And so it just, you know, I, it made me a pack rat, too, because there was always stuff for people were like, oh, this is busted, don't ever use that, just, you know. And, you know, working on a customer's bike or a high-end client, no, he wouldn't use it. But you can always take things and repurpose them, you know. And that was kind of the ethos of a lot of the, the, the shops that I worked early on. And I just kind of accidentally got good at working on bikes because I had really, really uh, in-depth tutelage. And well, from a very grassroots standpoint, but it was still really thorough, you know. And well, yeah, I would, kind say,
0: of- I would say any decent bike mechanic has their, like, pile of parts. Like, you know, like... <laughs> their uh you know milk crate underneath their bench that you know they oh they, yeah <laughs> it's like uh, some uh, uh some customer told them oh yeah i don't need this anymore and it's like well that's a perfectly good part i'm gonna go ahead and keep all of that
1: oh yeah that i i've done the same you know <laughs> you work for people and your clients or customers whatever and they're like hey do, do you want that or like oh, you do want to take a parts like, oh, I'll just chuck it I'm just like okay yeah i'm gonna chuck that right into my bench <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's a good way to do it i mean in my opinion anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, tell me, uh, like, it seems like uh, you've been a part of some pretty, like, uh, uh, big projects lately uh, over at Specialized. Can you tell us a little bit about, uh, I mean, uh, not. I'm not trying to shave too fine a point on it. You know, I'm not trying to, like, you know, sell you out or, like, you know, get you to uh, tell... Uh, uh, magical secrets or anything like that, but, like, uh, you can sort of uh, assign do some a little shameless, uh, Do a little shameless promotion? Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, well, I mean, uh, I, I'm sure you take pride in your work, as most mechanics do, and, like, and like you know, furthermore, just as a, a lead into this conversation, let's just go ahead and say, you know, this is a conversation between two mechanics about, like, something that a mechanic is doing that he's really proud of. Even if yeah, it's, right. and like, you know... Like let's say I'm having this conversation with uh, uh, a bike artist or a, uh, a bike painter, and he's really really proud of uh, you know the, the paint jobs he's been doing on these bikes. Same thing, you know. Like you don't have to put too too fine a point on it, but like you know you can say, hey, listen, you know, I uh, here's something that's really cool that uh, uh, I had my fingerprint on that you're going to be seeing in the market pretty soon. <laughs>
1: So, uh, yeah, sure. What uh, what Steve's referring to is uh, I'm sure the entire, at least as far as our world is concerned, has seen the 2018 uh, specialized tarmac. Um, I happen to be uh, one of a small, well, large, large team and a small crew that was in charge of testing um, from you know, very early on uh, to, you know, what is available now. Uh, what you can see in racing in the Tour de France, what you can, what you can, we'll be able to purchase here, you know, in very soon. Um, it was, it, it was, it's been a, a very challenging project because of you know what we were trying to accomplish with the with the, the new SL six uh, or twenty eighteen tarmac. but you know it. Being there, just in my role, I was able to see something just morph into, like you know a phenomenal bicycle. Like that's something that I've, you know, I, I've. It's a first for me, you know, and and to come from a, you know just a lifelong mechanic background to be able to do this and to to be privileged enough to work with an amazing team of designers and engineers. It's just it's just been it's been a, it's one a really really fun ride.
0: Right on, man. So. Uh... You know, uh, coming from like a, a, a just a normal uh, average Joe, um, for lack of a better term, I, I generally <laughs> use a, a far more crude uh, <laughs> term for uh, a, an average mechanic. But like you know, for the average Joe mechanic, um, uh, let's say you get a, a a frame out of the box um, uh, with a customer who wants to put all their own stuff on it, their own, you know, their own custom wheels, their own custom uh, 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 component group setup, custom bars, yeah. custom everything. Um, wh- what are some of the design points and the, the testing points that, that, that they are going to be able to uh, appreciate on this new model year 18 Tarmac? As opposed, okay. And then, what are some of the the pitfalls? Like, hey, you know, you might want to look out for the fact that uh, the seat post is a certain size or whatever. You know, like uh, okay, yeah, yeah, something like that. Like, you know, what are they going to really enjoy about the bike, man? This is going to really be a game changer as a, as opposed to previous years. And um, this is going to be kind of a pitfall, as a, uh, you know, something you need to keep your eyes peeled for, as opposed to previous well, years.
1: Sure. One of the one of the, the things that you know we're most proud of is, you know, the, the tarmac lineage, you know, it has a reputation. It's it was one at one point it's still the most numerous bike in the propellant. Uh in the world tour level. Um and, and that's for a reason. Uh the tarmac it has a pretty legendary status and so we've only sought to improve that with the new bike. I mean, just out of the box, uh for you know, a fifty six uh Pretty standard issue, uh, middle of the road size, seven hundred thirty three grams. That's it's it's pretty incredible. That's
0: so low. That is that is a really light bike. I remember and when Scott came out with that one bike that if you blow on it, it would crack in the chain stays, <laughs> uh, and it, and it said that it was uh, seven hundred eighty grams, and like that was like a big deal. It was a ma- is a full page magazine article. No Yo, way, seven hundred eighty <laughs> grams. Like people, people lost their minds. Like. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And the guy like that 780 The grams. guy that had
1: that got no peace on the group ride. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's uh, you know, believe it or not, we are we, we can do that. We have the technology. <laughs> uh, but then, a re- again, like I want to reiterate, that's open. not
0: a, that's not an official number. That's not something that specialized stamps their name on and says, "Hey yo, this is 733 grams per every 56 Every
1: frame, but every like,
0: 56, but, yeah. but from a testing standpoint, uh, the the number floated right around that, right around there.
1: So, lightweight frame. So for the for the weight weenies and the climbers and the, and the guys who like to go up stuff that really hurts me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, from what I
0: understand, climbers win the tour every once in a while.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's I, I, apparently you need to be able to go up hills and win that that thing out of there. Yeah, you know me don't either. don't don't body anybody into the boards in this finishing straight. Is oh what I my take.
0: gosh, how much? Turmoil has come up over dun, that. Dun, dun. Yeah, right. You know,
1: I had to throw a little controversy into your show here. Yeah, yeah. Like
0: sh- <laughs> oh no, we're gonna get into, we're gonna go deep, son. Uh, but uh, yeah, like uh, I speaking
1: as a fan of cycling,
0: I, I you know I
1: I enjoy a spirited final bunch sprint. You know, I, I'm I'm not claiming one athlete over another here. It's just uh, you know, Rubens racing is all I'm gonna say. Well.
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> I won't speak in any official uh, capacity for any of the racers. However, I have worked with both Peter Sagan and Mark Cavendish. And I will say Mark Cavendish as a person, as a, as a, a a normal, just a, a regular person. He was kind of a jerk, man. Like (laughs) he basically, uh, had me look after his bags. His, he he let me know exactly how much his Chanel bags were worth. and, And he told me to look over them, uh, that, and,
1: that sounds like something you should uh, you should tell your Swanee or your or your uh, your your personal assistant. Well, <laughs> not a, your
0: a little bit in his defense, we weren't out on the race course, and I'm sure he didn't have his Swanee air uh, with him. But at the same time, I'm not Listen, his. Listen, man, that was Chanel back. Right. I'm not his boy, <laughs> like you know, like, like you know, yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, yeah. Hey, guy, then, hold my stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that. I mean, that it, it literally was like that. He was like, oh, yeah, uh, I know this isn't your job, but uh, can you look after this for the next 30 minutes? Uh, <laughs> well,
1: Sorry then. to get off topic, but that makes me laugh. That makes me think <laughs> about that scene in Half-Baked. Where the uh, the scientist walks over to Dave Chappelle's yeah, yeah, character exactly. and he's like, "Hey, uh, hey uh, janitor, I know it's not your job, but could you run this down here and uh, you, pick scientist. up this?" And he's like, "Thank you, scientist. Hey, I know it's not your job, but could you finish mopping the rest of this shit up?" <laughs> exactly.
0: No, honestly, it felt like that for a second. It really oh. did. Like, uh, and like, and really, like, I'm, I'm not saying anything about Mark Andrews. I'm just saying that, it, I, I, that that was kind of a dehumanizing. <laughs> yeah, uh, a point, especially for the first time I meet this dude. Yeah, or, or, you know, it wasn't the first time. You go I met later, him. but yeah, and you work I, on his
1: bike, and he, he's just like, "Oh yeah, you're that guy that held my back. Thanks. It's like, "Oh, okay."
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, uh, Peter Sagan, I didn't get a, a chance to actually work on uh, his rig. I think before he wrote it, I, w- I wrote, uh, I worked on his bikes, a couple of his bikes afterwards. Um, Transmitting them from one area to another, but oh uh,
1: yeah, I, re- I, I remember this, this.
0: Yeah, oh. but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like I I'm saw a total fan in boy, my so. course, uh, uh, Several times while while I had Sigon's uh, bike in my stand. but um, total fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 other than the other than the one unfortunate incident incident where he he grabbed a hold of. Uh, one of the podium girl's butts in yeah, picture. that picture. Uh, other was than a, that, that was, one That's kind of a gas moment. Yeah, other than that one unfortunate incident, I, I have, I will say that he's kept it pretty clean as far as, like, being a pretty respectable individual. And, like... Yeah. Uh, and then just kind of a regular dude. And, like, from a regular dude standpoint, it's like, uh, we've all screwed up in, in in that capacity once or another. Like, you know, like... We've all like gone a little too strong on uh, on some woman we've never met or like you know uh, uh, maybe been a little bit too forward um, and then I will say when you're on the podium of you know one of the bigger races in the world and you know you have that kind of a, a setup around you I, I, I don't agree with what he did but I do understand yeah. Um,
1: He's uh, know, yeah, He was definitely. It was. It was. It was a young jackass move. It's something that you know. Right. Yeah, guys it a, that, that's a that's the, and, and I don't condone any kind of. Uh,
0: but that's the perfect uh, way to categorize. It. Yeah, that's the perfect he's, way to categorize. It a jackass. young jackass move. It was a young jackass move. Like you know, clearly he hasn't done anything since, and it's been like what five years since that happened, and uh, you know. It,
1: it, uh, I think he's definitely matured.
0: Uh, he for sure. Well, he's a married man now, so like I, well, I yeah. hope so for the sake of his marriage. But like,
1: uh, I, yeah. and that that is one thing too that's a, that that is a hot topic, uh, you know, with Sagan, But I,
0: I don't think, I, I honestly. Yeah, but should know, it be hard. a hot topic anymore? I mean, it's been four years. You know, like, I mean, you know, for I, the I, sake of, for the sake of this, I, I do remember. I think it was the was it the following year.
1: Uh, they then the race actually had the same podium girl. Oh, I may mean, have been a, another race run by the same organization. And he actually, when he, I can't remember if it was rider introduction or something, but he, he he brought her flowers and like apologized to her face at the uh, at the at the race. And that's still by no means justifying, you know. That 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 could
0: have been that girl was probably humiliated, but, sure, but he, he did make he did make a public effort to to rectify it. I then- think. And then I will say there wasn't as much media coverage on his public effort to rectify, as there was on the on the broadcasting of his unfortunate jackass move. Yeah, you know, and like I, I, and I really do think that like everybody does make, you know, kind of unfortunate missteps in their life that they wish they could take back or they wish they they would have. Or could have a public forum to apologize for, and I don't think that he really got that. It, it, any interaction I've had with him would indicate that he wouldn't ever do that again, and, oh, oh. <laughs> and and that he 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 seems like a regular sort of dude who just got screwed up in the moment and like was a young point in his career and it was a dumb thing to do, and I I think that I think that he would kind of. Take it back if he could. And, like, I think that, you know, uh, the apologizing to that young woman is a long, uh, it's kind of a long step in that direction. Like, kind of says that he wishes he could take it back, but he, you know, um, that wasn't given nearly as much media attention as, you know, his unfortunate jackass move. And like, and I'm, and I'm not saying that that makes it okay, but I am saying that that's the world we live in. Yeah, I, I honestly
1: think the only time I saw that covered was because I might have been watching the race or, like, yeah. watching a recap of it. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate.
0: And, and and I'm not saying that it should be given equal media yeah. coverage because certain, certainly what he did previously was, m- like, more deplorable and newsworthy, but it should be given more than what it was. Like it, it,
1: yeah, but, you know, cycling and, you know, public stage goof-ups aside, uh, you know... Definitely, yeah. the The tour has gotten interesting this year if, if for anybody who's keeping up with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, so, so,
1: athlete alliances, aside, it's definitely got been a been a been a pretty drama filled tour just as far in the first week. So, so I, I'm I'm
0: enjoying it. People could could say that Christian has an affiliation with Specialized. I will say that if you know him personally, that doesn't mean anything to him as far as like a conversation with me is concerned. But I, I have no like... affiliations whatsoever, so <laughs> l- l- let's talk about this uh, uh, this line sprint. So for those of you who weren't watching in the Tour de France in what, stage six? Uh, stage
1: four. Stage four.
0: Um, there was a line sprint where uh, Mark Cavendish tried to uh, sprint on the inside and uh, come around uh, Peter Sagan on the inside – and, on the boards. <laughs> and, and, and and when I say on the inside, I mean on the innermost portion of uh, the sprint to the line, which there, th-
1: does... There was from an objective standpoint. I I, I I did not see the hole that Mark Cavish so I'm not a professional sprinter either. Uh, yeah. But I, I just... I, th- and, I and, would and say... That, that speaks to the to the mindset sprinters. There's a special type of person to like... Oh, yeah. I you, mean, it, sure. it takes a person who just has like very little, uh, regard for their own safety. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I guess,
0: dude, I will never forget the very first, the very first bunch sprint that I ever saw, um, was Robbie McEwen and Stuart O'Grady. And they were like, well, the, the first bunch sprint I ever saw that was like legitimately, like physically contended for, um, where well, guys are just, like, leaning on each other. Yeah. Dude, I literally, I think Robin McEwen at least hit Stuart O'Grady's cheekbone and maybe his chin. Like, he got way in there with his helmet. Like, like <laughs> bumping him off of him. And, like, I, I just remember. This, Track style. I, yeah, I, I, I just remember thinking, this is the gr-. and And both of those dudes also, you know, wow both of them were track riders, both of them were also countrymen. So I'm sure they've been in a sprint before. Um,
1: oh, yeah. Time. They had to see each other at, you know, worlds and, and you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, nationals, wherever. Um, uh, yeah, some local crit. Yeah, There's not a lot of uh, Australia that's super populated, so I'm sure they, they uh, ran like, into Oh, there's that times. asshole again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I saw them sprinting. And they were absolutely like—I mean, it looked like a, a steel cage match for like you know the, that that twelve seconds on a bicycle. And I remember thinking, "This is the greatest spectacle I've ever seen." Yeah. On I, yeah, for those I would have no—I would have put super, my hands up. Combat sports, so like you know, uh, watching these two dudes like you know try to wrestle each other, uh, each other off of each other. Going duking it out of a line 40 it, miles an hour yeah, yeah exactly it's you know it's uh, it was pretty fun to watch
1: um, oh man I would have spilled my beer all over the person in front of me
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, yeah like uh, so to get back to the sprint that we're talking about uh, Cabinets tried to go around Sagan, um and on the innermost uh, portion of uh, the 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 sprint and uh, so the only to put it in layman's terms the only thing on the other side uh, on Cavendish's left side was Peter Sagan and the rest of the sprint and the only thing on Cavendish's right side was boards um, and barriers so he thought that there was enough space to get in there and but there's a lot of controversy because when you look at it, it appears that uh, Peter Sagan put his elbow up and uh, closed, I guess, the line. Closed the line. I, I, I don't know if that's the right term, but uh, he... Depending on what, what team you're on, Team Cavendish or Team Sagan. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It, it, well, he, he either closed the
1: line or, or reacted to a helmet. Into in his side, or if your team Cavendish, he just completely brought him out of the way into the barriers and then laughed at him as he rode past. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it, like I said again, I'm not speaking as a, as a representative of, of anyone but but Christian McKinney here. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I will say that the, I saw a, a video on Instagram um, that showed that uh, Cavendish's shift lever. Something got caught on something that belongs to Sagan, Maybe his brake lever, or uh, because uh, oh I, man, I I can Whoa. say with imp- uh, uh, with pretty empirical knowledge that Cavendish rides a size forty nine bike, and I can that's say a that really, that's because a really, that's a really small bike. I have I have shipped his model of bike to. Uh, uh, contest winners, and I've shipped his personal bike to um, where he was at. And I will say that uh, it's a small bike. It is a really, really small bike. And from what I it's yeah, not a big dude. From well, – he, he, well, he's bigger than a size 49. I don't know why he well, yeah. decides to, to ride a 49. but um, the, the pro fit, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, I
0: it's, it's shorter and it's stiffer. I, I always laugh when people. I like think that their their body type uh, takes. That they're, they're,
1: they're, they're size specific. But, yeah, you know.
0: takes takes that much uh, uh, influence on, on the size of bike they're riding. But anyway, he rides a size forty nine. I can say that for sure. And uh, Sagan rides, I'm almost positive, size fifty six. six. Yeah. Yeah, my size. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so. Uh, like, in this video on Instagram, I don't know, it could have been Doctor or whatever, I will say, you know, if you put a size 49 bike against a size 56 bike, um, it's pretty obvious the size discre- discrepancy. And um, in this video, it showed that his, uh, his by his, I mean Cavendish, his bars hit uh, the brake lever or the bar end or some part of Sagan's bike and Sagan moving his elbow was only in an effort to move. To um, uh, so not crash. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Yeah, exactly. To to get. If somebody's leaning off on me. your hip,
1: you you are gonna naturally use your elbow to make sure they don't wreck you. Yeah, and
0: I've done it. I've done it. Like and, and, I mean, I'm, not, and I'm not like a super prolific racer. I, I, I've I've done some racing. Um, I I I would say that I have a far far far. Um, more decorated history working on bikes than I do racing bikes, but no, yeah, same, same, exactly. Yeah, but but I will say that I have seen that happen several several times. You know, like you know, where somebody puts their hands on you or leans on you or you know uh, doesn't quite take a, a line right in in a or just doesn't race. realize you're there. You know, yeah, exactly, yeah, and like you bump them off them with your elbow. That's a normal. Reaction. Hell and that's I, that's I, happened to me on the group ride at, at work, you know? <laughs> right yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's no it's you know. And I will say again, like if if Sag if and he could have been, but I will say in my experience it would make it more plausible if Sagan was really trying to block the line, he would have done it far before um uh, Cavendish was in that like don't be there spot, which is like half wheeling your rear wheel, like over It's just you know full where, commitment at that point. Where the, the, the front part of the circumference of Cavendish's rear wheel overlapped the the center axle of Sagan's rear wheel. I would think if really Sagan was trying to, to block off that lane, he would have put his elbow out then. And not when yeah. he was all the way up, like, you know, that close. I would think that no, there's all that manner point, of, of, of larger body volume that could take up that yeah. space than just his elbow. Um, yeah. At that point, too, you know, he was also, if you watch the full speed
1: uh, replay, he was going to try and catch another wheel. So, you know, he might not have been aware of Cavendish's presence other than feeling something on his hip. Yeah, for uh, sure. It gets chaotic. Know,
0: it gets gnarly. To,
1: leap, to leapfrog over, you know, what you were saying about, you know, as far as Cavendish, you know, riding a smaller bike and probably possibly his handlebars coming in contact, I didn't see any photos of the, the mechanic grabbing his bike afterwards. Uh, you know, usually in, in like a high-speed crash like that, uh, your chain's going to come off. But I'd be interested to see if like maybe that bit of contact uh, didn't cause Cavendish to, you know— uh, throw his uh, to to accidentally hit his shifter and throw his front his his front chain wheel, throw mm. his front derailleur.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's completely possible too. I've thrown
1: my front, I've thrown my chain off for of the big ring in a really hard effort before, and it is. You know, you you're lucky to not go down if you if you don't
0: go down. Uh, yeah. Um, one of the bigger crashes that I saw. Um, <coughs> At, oh, excuse me. at my previous employer was uh, one of the engineers who actually used to be your boss, um, Sam. Uh, one of the bigger crashes that I ever saw was him peeling a, a chain in a group sprint. And I remember asking him, well, what happened? Like, did you shift off or like, you know, did somebody kick your chain or like, you know, did it get physical? And he was like, no, man, it was... Like I was, you know, head and shoulders above the rest of the group, and it just came off. It, like the, it, I just peeled it to the out outside of the uh, the bike, and I was just like, "What? How is that?" Too possible? much power. Now yeah. you know, given given you know Sam
1: Sam's pedigree, he uh he is a he's a really strong rider. He's Sam was uh I don't know if Sam was pro. Or was he? I know he was a Cat One at one point from from stories that I've heard around the office. But yeah, that. That guy is probably putting out pro numbers, but uh, I, 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 only I, this, this, predates, this yeah. predates my existence.
0: The only conversation I ever had with Sam about bike racing, like, uh, I mean, there was a couple things, like uh, uh, his team uh, had to do a steer tube fix on uh, uh, one of the, uh, the bikes that he was producing, and like... There was a couple of other like you know kind of uh, testing snafus that uh, that he had to involve me on, but the only conversation I had with him about bike racing was around that time, and he was like, "Well, you know, luckily I've been racing bikes for a long time, so," and like that's it. Like that, <laughs> there was there was no more said of it. Like it was uh, it was super yeah, cut like, and dry, and like I you like know, guys I were. Talking around to, to, to folks, and they were like, uh, You know, Sam is like the fastest dude on that ride every single week, and like fast. Yeah. Him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's, he's up there. He's probably worn that, that jersey a few times. Oh, yeah. It's, it's you know, it's it, I feel like, you know, the fast guys, it's like Fight Club. You don't talk about Fight Club <laughs> kind of thing.
0: Uh, yeah. Except, yeah, I know a bunch of, except I know a bunch of fast dudes who, who will well, yeah. stand on the highest building and scream about how fast they are. And yeah. know, I, I and I represent that opinion without pride or prejudice. I'm not saying that what they're doing is bad or good. I'm just saying like I, I've seen people very boisterous about... Uh, if, I
1: were, if I was that fast, I'd probably be boisterous, <laughs> too. I <love> <laughs> yeah. I would let the world know by tearing their legs off and... You know, letting them know that I just tore their leg off. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Call I mean, me
1: call call me Richard Petty right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, I fe- I feel like we went down the rabbit hole right there. Um, oh, what- I had
1: something I was going to ask you, Steve. Oh. So I, I, you know, speaking back to to you know, at least in the in the vein and the spirit of Tour de France, I saw. Uh, some rumblings about a, a neutral service wheel change that Dan Martin received in the stage yesterday where he
0: crashed. Now, this was pre-change or post-change?
1: This was post-change. Uh, he re- apparently received a Mavic neutral service front wheel. Uh, and the, I guess the, the, the width of the wheel, or what some people are speculating, is what caused his brakes to not necessarily not work, but not function as they would have with, I guess, a wider-profile wheel, which he was used to running.
0: Okay. Or well, I, I, actually, I actually can speak on that. And I have...
1: Uh, You've uh, worked with Maverick uh, Neutral Support? Have yes. You? Okay.
0: Um, well, uh, I don't know if I can say that officially. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I, I have worked on several neutral support teams um, for pretty high-profile neutral support capacity. Anyway, I will say that I have witnessed uh, the best in the business who have worked on pro tours, who have worked on several uh, uh, national champion and world championship races do some uh, neutral uh, support on bikes and I have seen a couple of different pitfalls as far as that concerned, as far as this is concerned. Um, I have seen a front wheel changed where uh, the dropouts on the fork were so wide. Um, and I would say the average dropout on, you know, generally speaking, that's one of those things that kind of gets on my nerves when people say oh you know did you space your uh, wheels did you uh, did you gap your wheels gap it's them like, properly like, yeah. it's like well to what manufacturer's specifications you know yeah, it's, uh,
1: it's, yeah it, if if you were running for if you were a jumper for a team yeah that that would be a pretty absolutely That would be a your horrible team's wheels
0: should be gapped to your team's brains. right to your team's sport however frames, yeah. however you know if you're doing neutral service there yeah like uh, i have seen i have seen a mechanic and i won't drop his name but i will say don't that, do that oh Lord, don't yeah do that. I, <laughs> I i have seen a mechanic that is responsible for and, and i will say the rider's name i will see a, i've seen a mechanic who has done a wheel change literally clocked the fastest in neutral support history for a rider.
1: Please tell me, is, uh, the, it just, are there uh, the neutral support Olympics?
0: Uh, th- there should be. There should be. No, but anyway, th- this this mechanic did the fastest wheel change clocked for Chris Horner in a race.
1: Oh, the Hornet.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, this uh, mechanic did the fastest wheel change in history, for uh, Chris Horner in a race, and uh, I saw this mechanic do a wheel change for a rider and get screamed at at the top of his lungs by the rider because he could not get the front wheel in fast enough. And, upon further inspection by me, away from uh, the the mechanic that actually did the service, I look and I said... Uh, what's going on with this fork? And I would say, uh, the average spacing for a fork should be about, I don't know, two nickels wide. Um, you know, uh, what what we'll say, three quarters of a centimeter. Uh, seventy millimeters wide per. <laughs> Per side on a uh, a fork. What, what's what? Uh, you know, from a testing, you, you can actually speak on this. What's the what's what's a decent dropout width?
1: Uh, you mean oh oh uh, for for just the fork ends? Uh, well, my tabs aside, I, I personally wouldn't feel comfortable anything than you know, maybe 10 15 millimeters or so thickness. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's it, it, contact with the the, right, but like, but what would be like very, very, very wide? Uh, Uh, you know, that's God, that's, that's a tough one. Anyway, I'd say probably this rider had the thickest dropouts I've seen on a fork in my entire life. So thick. Like, it was so thick that on a normal skewer that was set up for a normal 100 millimeter wide hub, uh, front hub, on, I will say that I was working for a neutral service team that was supported by a major manufacturer, either SRAM, uh, Shimano, or Mavic. Anyway, while, you while, in while, while I was working on this neutral support team, they were working with their uh, standard products. And this wheel, the dropouts were so wide that the the quick release could only go down about a, a turn and a half before it could it, it cam down to full capacity. So they were super, super, super thick. Hey, you better get off the camera, camera doing that. Um, <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, this rider who was, if I'm being honest, I was in the the neutral car. I wasn't on moto as the mechanic uh, doing the service was, but in the car, I noticed that this rider was looking for any excuse to get shelled off of, uh, the pain wagon that he was on. And, uh when he called for the service there it it was on a front wheel and a, i can say for sure that it wasn't a flat that from that i know for sure it wasn't a flat tire and it was a front wheel so it was something going on with his uh, his fork and the reason that the jumper on his service had such a problem with it was because of the width of the dropouts on the fork. And okay. it, it was, it, it, I mean, sometimes it can get gnarly out there. It it can get super bad. And, uh,
1: <coughs> yeah. Well, this is, you know, th- that being said, too, you know, we're hopefully coming out of the wilderness, uh, you know, the whole disc break issue here. So, uh-oh, I said the D word.
0: Oh, dicks breaks right.
1: Um, Dick's breaks, man. That's an old shop joke. <laughs> we, had,
0: we had the first uh, 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 Grand Tour stage uh, victory on disc brakes. How did you feel about that?
1: Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Uh, Which 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 tour? Which stage was this? Uh,
0: what I, was it? Uh, it? Uh, uh, what was the gentleman with the really good haircut that uh, also rides for, or at least he did ride for Specialized?
1: Uh, oh. Oh, Rigoberto Ron? No, 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 that... no! Not him. Okay, that guy <laughs> had an awesome mullet in the World Championships
0: one year. <laughs> there have definitely been some epic mullets. Oh, oh,
1: you mean Kittle? Yeah, yeah. There you go, Marcelo. Kittle. Yeah, yeah. He, oh, he he won a race. Uh, it was God. What stage was it? I think it was. Well, I know it definitely. He he won. I don't know if he was on a disc brake bike. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, it, it, uh, it was a. big news. It was uh, grand it's a Grand Tour. Grand Tour victory on disc brakes.
1: Did he? Did he do the Giro? Uh,
0: might have been the Giro.
1: Okay, I, I, I think
0: it also might what have is, been Tour de France. Did he win a stage this year?
1: He, he's won. He won. Uh, he's won three so far. He won two back to back, which I don't think anybody's done since. I think they were saying Zabel. Yeah, was His countryman. Yeah, Zabal.
0: Maybe Cavendish. But, I don't know, but. uh... Yeah, like, uh, but uh, anyway, he won on disc brakes, and that's a uh, that, that uh, that's another hot button, especially for for Christian. I know Oh, he uh, oh God. Uh, <laughs> doesn't care for disc brakes uh, necessarily. Oh, sorry. What, what's that? You don't necessarily care for the disc brakes. Is that correct?
1: Oh, 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 God! Yeah, I will, I'm, gonna get crucified.
0: No, 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 uh, and, no and, it's, it's... and again, like, like let me reiterate this is not in any kind
1: of official product capacity. This is purely a point of interest. I'll, I'll put I'll put it to you this way, folks. I I think disc brakes are phenomenal technology, and you know, especially where we're seeing things go, the you know, everything's kind of simplifying down. Everything's getting more streamlined. You know, flat mount is definitely going to take. It, it's already taking you know road disc brake technology to just the Basically, you're gonna to have to buy a custom bike in order to not get disc brakes here in probably the next year or two, I think. Uh, it, it's, it's great. Me, from, from, a, from a mechanic standpoint, it does require more back-end input. It, it does, especially with hydraulic systems. Uh, you, know, you have to get com- comfortable you know, blasting fluid through the system, however the manufacturer suggests. Uh, from a neutral service standpoint, it does create a lot of headache. Um, neutral service providers are having to ask themselves more questions than ever about, like, you know, potential use of equipment, spacing, axle type, disc type, you know, one sixty versus one forty, blah 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 blah, you know, pad compatibility. All these, all these, these extra variables that. On a racing standpoint, you know, what, whether you think this brakes are a terrible idea in you know road racing or a great idea, you know, no one can deny that they do create you know, uh, you know more challenges for neutral service, and, and they do create longer longer wait times for riders when they do need neutral service. Um, you know, teams I think are going to be required to just keep you know full
0: bikes. You just, just you don't you don't do wheel You just grab a bike and throw it down. Um, right but i and then i will say uh, solely from my experience as a neutral mechanic like if if i have to, if i have to do a service as a team mechanic on a disc bike that's, that's i really put hot. the impetus on whether or not that service goes well on the mechanic um, you should be prepared if, if that is your team yeah, right. you know yeah, from you, from,
1: a, from a team standpoint you should be prepared you should you know
0: brought you, know you, you know what you run you know what the sponsors provide or whatever however from an, from a neutral service standpoint I will say some that that nice. creates <laughs> some some gnarly gnarly problems what yeah. the spacing on the axle is what the uh, spacing on the uh, size of the disk is um, it it creates. Legitimate problems, and until somebody can put an, uh, a fairly empirical stamp on, at absolute least, what size disc is acceptable, and uh, and by disc okay. I mean rotor, and uh, what size axle is acceptable, I really don't. Th- I, I, I really think that the only answer should be a neutral bike. Which, yeah, is, that, I mean, which is, I that, mean, that's what it has to be. you, yes. you turn a, a a a plausible twenty-five second service into a plausible minute long service, and that's that's an issue.
1: Yeah, you know, there as far as and you know, I I, I could get skewed for saying this, but as far as you know, racing goes, I, I, just from my. I guess my narrow point of view: there'll always be a place for, you know, a rim brake bike and hyper hyper racing. Uh, as far as the custom, consumer market, disc brakes are it where it's at. Uh, you know, it's it is great, but for you know the just the it just the very you know I guess eccentric needs of professional elite level racing, or even just your you know your average racing or you know, uh, uh, you know, a local racer. Spin brakes definitely present a cheaper option, you know, less complicated option as well. Yeah. Especially for the journeyman. Oh, yeah, yeah. for
0: sure. I I will say that almost all my equipment before I started working for any major bicycle company was kind of, to use my terminology, blue collar equipment, you know. Hey man, I'm yeah. blue collar for life. I still have blue collar equipment. <laughs> Heck yeah, um, but like uh, still you build know, Yeah, yeah, but you know, I would say that all of my stuff, as you know, as high a profile mechanic as I got, was all kind of blue collar stuff. So you know, um, from from that standpoint, I would say that there always will be a very solid and a very sound and a very Pragmatic answer within traditional 130 rear, 100 millimeter front, um, you know rim brake uh, um, standard for road bikes. I think that's. I don't think that should go away. I think, I think that um, mountain bikes, especially, kind of underwent a very large detriment by getting rid of the 26 inch wheel and by say by saying, you know, get rid of the 26-inch wheel, I think it's largely gone. Um, Yeah. uh, And uh, I think that they underwent a pretty large detriment by getting rid of that 26-inch wheel because I think that 650B or 27.5 or whatever you want to call it, uh, I think that that was kind of the answer to the question that nobody asked you know um you I, I, don't have to go quite as big but why not a little bit bigger yeah. yeah um but they got rid of that and like you know for those just listening there was a very long period in my life when that 26 by 2.0 tube was the most used tube in the bicycle industry. It was the oh first. my god, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was, it was huge. And now you know, in the how main, many? How many
1: of those do you think you've ever even installed? Oh, Christ,
0: <laughs> I mean, it, if it's not oh. in the four digits, it might be in the five digits. Yeah, um, yeah. a lot, and uh, you know, and I think that. In the name of performance, we were given this new size that really isn't... I mean, if you look at the diagrams, it's really not not, not terribly bigger than... Uh, or uh, just, you know, math. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. If you just do the math and the uh, uh, estimated rot- rotating diameter as opposed to the 27.5 number that you were just provided... Um, uh, it, it's really not that much bigger uh, a wheel than the 26 and like you know I think that that is especially with the advent of boost you know and euro euro plus which I think is the dumbest thing ever <laughs> but, uh, um so so many so many different things <laughs> yeah and uh, you know I think that it really could have been streamlined down to just one size but I think the industry kind of uh, lean on everybody to, to accept this new wheel size as the new standard and now it is oh. the new standard and meanwhile we had something that was just barely smaller that was the most prolific size in the industry and yeah, uh, uh, yeah it's it's kind of tough to swallow from gang yeah it's you know it you yeah, know it's just a sign of the
1: times you know old mechanics will get grumpy of this, but it's, you know, I'll, I'll always look at it this way. At least that's what I tell myself. It's like, well, at least, you know, you'll be employed supplying people with the, the new hotness. I think one of the weird things is this has been more of an industry shift than like a rider first shift. I, at least from a road perspective, I don't know too many riders that I heard, you know, five years ago clamoring, well, we need disc brakes now, we need disc brakes, but you know, it is definitely the technology that would improve just the average rider, uh, even, like, the, the average club racer's performance. I, I, I'm not knocking it from a, from a mechanical standpoint. Yeah. But for I remember me, being yeah. kind of uh, old school and, uh, and, and having, you know, a lot kind of invested in rim technology, I am not jumping personally ac- across the board just yet. You know, I, I may be forced to, but... <laughs> Uh, if, if I want to purchase a new bike. But yeah. I, I don't think... You know, from from a consumer standpoint, I don't think... I think these brakes are a, are, 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 are a remarkable thing. Uh, from from my standpoint of, you know, mechanics and, and even on the racing, I think it
0: can be a little bit of a hassle. But it's...
1: At the end of the day, it's what keeps the lights on, too. You
0: know. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Well, and... Too like, many... Yeah, like... Uh, and... And I don't ever think that that rim is going to go away. Like for example, no, I don't how, so. how many tarmacs uh, uh, in this year's tour are uh, are disc brake tarmacs. Uh, none of them. Yeah. Well, see the, and that's what I'm saying. Like uh, I guess that kind of illustrates my point. Like the new hotness, I the new hotness yeah. is not yet disc. Uh, rim brakes is is the standard currently. And we've, I don't have any reason because, like, I think that the, the major thing that gets missed in everything is um, from a stopping and slowing down the bike standpoint, what is the difference between disc and rim brake? Uh, well, just, you know, from a,
1: from a standpoint of, you know, rim technology now, everybody is, you know, carbon is... Is for
0: yeah, but not, much- I'm just saying stopping and slowing down the bike. It's there is. What is the <laughs> difference between between rim and and road? Uh, rim and and uh, and disc.
1: Well, in, in wetter in wetter dry conditions, that's that's always the, the question too. It's, a, it's a different. Right, in right but like
0: like let's let's remove all that from stopping a bike and slowing down a bike standpoint, how does the, the modality between disc brakes differ from rim brakes? On a dry, sunny day, uh, where weather isn't a factor. It's not uh, a factor. It's, it's fairly negligible, yeah. Yeah, well, it is no difference. They're the exact same system. They both yeah. pinch a disc that rotates and slow down that, that, that round surface that rotates slowly. Only the... The disc on a road bike is—I don't know—way, way, way wider, <laughs> and uh, or, or or
1: as far as like the the, the the I guess you'd say the wheel or yeah
0: exactly well the the, the wheel yes. is the the braking surface on a uh, rim brake road bike is the disc. Well, um, you know now you've gone into a whole other problem. It's like well, you're
1: you're trying to focus heat dissipation is no longer. Uh, at the rim. So you've you kind of freed yourself up. It's like what kind of shapes and things you can take into account. Yeah. It's like rim shape goes. Yeah, for sure. But
0: like that, That's the, a whole it's different up to the... scenario. But I'm saying that the, the modality, the actual physical process, uh, the pinching of a circular rotating object to slow down the mass that is riding that object. In it's ideal e- conditions, it's negligible. Yeah, yeah, it's negligible. And 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 maybe even less effective on a disc uh, system. Now, certainly there are some items that make that disc system more um, desirable, but just from a stopping the bike standpoint, during normal weather conditions, it really doesn't change that much. Yeah. I uh no I I'm
1: I'm still hanging on to my rim brakes, help me please. <laughs> I don't I,
0: I don't have any rim brake bikes anymore. Oh what? Uh, yeah yeah no. I,
1: this is a this was a setup.
0: <laughs> no but uh, <laughs> it's not a setup it's not a setup. I'm just saying I don't I don't I I, I personally don't have a rim brake uh, bike anymore. Um, I was lucky enough to be. Uh, Uh, gifted a uh, a, a disc brake bike that in my opinion fixed all my road brake or my road bike uh, problems as long as I set it up properly Um, your your, your
1: quiver killer as they call it I guess yeah exactly
0: right Um, and so uh, I was at a time when I had to sort of narrow my uh, obligations as far as you know how much space i took up the my uh, uh bicycles at the time yeah moving moving bikes is a, is a pain in the ass you know? <laughs> for sure yeah yeah like well and, and this was a massive pain in the ass and it was like well listen i need i need one bike that can kind of do everything and while i realized that that's not really a thing if you uh look deep enough into things uh i sort of that was the the task which was my charge and so i uh i just decided to uh, uh narrow things down to this one disc brake bike, which is an awesome yeah. bike, and I love riding it, and it's uh, super awesome, and I think... Have you, have I, you rallied it yet? I have rallied it a touch. I've rallied it a touch. I definitely took it on a group ride up here in Sherbrooke, um, and then if you want to go on a ride up here, if you, feel free to come up here anytime you want, and you got a place to stay, and it's not a problem. Canada, um, kind of eh? Yeah, for sure. Um, And bring your bike, and we'll go on on a ride. And when I say go bring your bike, I mean bring any bike you want. But um, what what they refer to as road riding in uh, Northern California um, does not exist in Sherbrooke. And what they refer to as road riding in Sherbrooke they referred to as cyclocross. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's it, it, the roads here uh, are so gnarly and oh man, I am very 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 pleased that I have a bike that can that can handle a large amount of physical feedback from the surfaces that I'm riding on. Oh,
1: I know what I'm bringing up there. <laughs> yeah, for
0: sure. And uh yeah, it, it gets gnarly. But uh um, I mean, good rides. Uh, certainly I don't have any, uh, reservations about the, the type of bike setup that I, uh, chose, but at the same Campion time. can't be
1: a Shimano. Uh, I, I,
0: I have a, uh, a Durace, um, uh, disc. Uh, well, I mean, it's not, it, it is not Durace branded. It's the, what the, uh, R785. Um, Hydraulic uh, disc setup. It's, that's uh, a really nice bike. <laughs> yeah. It, it, anyway, it's a really nice bike. And uh, well, that's what I'm riding around uh, currently. It's, uh, it's DI2, which is really cool. I really like the electronic shipping. That's uh, uh, pretty awesome,
1: I think. I'm sorry, I look kind of funny right now. I'm actually. So, D- Steve. Do you remember the uh, 6700 Shimano tubeless wheel set? At the time? I I'll do. Yeah, yeah.
0: I had a I had a set of 6700 uh, tubeless wheels. Those are phenomenal wheels, except for mounting tires.
1: Oh, they were tubeless, and so. The, the nipples loaded from the other side, you couldn't that's even access correct. them from yeah, that's the rimbed. Right. That's
0: right, that's right. And
1: so because they were tubeless and sealed, they also have a really, really shallow drop bed center. And it makes mounting tires. Like, I, I've been sending tire levers through, like, the guillotine today. So
0: <laughs> now, this is horrible. I will say, uh, have you had, and then, like, I'm not saying that this is something you should ever do, have to do. Um, especially in the field or whatever, but have you had somebody pinch, uh, the tire from the other side while you're trying to mount the other side? Like, you know, Uh, so if we're talking about, uh, uh, the face on a clock, have somebody pinch the wheels into the, the, the well at the six o'clock side while you're trying to mount it on the 12 o'clock side. Okay. Well, that might help.
1: I'm also, uh, I'm also like, you know. At about fifty percent capacity, on
0: my right arm. That's well, correct. There. Yeah, yeah. That could but, be contributing uh,
1: to my woes,
0: but yeah, <laughs> for those. I those just remember this. this damn laid real up thing. a little bit. <laughs> laid up. <laughs> man, You're it was really up. good seeing you when I got back from Arizona, uh, and 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 talk with you. I man, that was one of the <laughs> high points of my uh, of my uh, landing in San Jose. Like you know, I, but, I was really, really, really happy to to reconnect with you and talk with you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't dead.
0: <laughs> uh, you were. You were. You were about half dead coming out of your. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Was, coming out of your nap good. when I came and visit you. <laughs> oh
1: God! You know there was, surgery is a, uh, you know modern modern medicine anesthesia antiseptics all that that's a that's a phenomenal thing. Human kind wouldn't be where we were at without it. But man, it's that's something I don't wish I wish on anybody. Yeah, it takes its toll for sure. Smashing your bones into oblivion, you know, <laughs> but we're, we're on the other side of that now. Right now, my biggest battle is this, is this wheel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. uh, actually, a uh, funny story, um, the, the bike that I crashed, I unfortunately did some pretty, I did the number on the top two. And so I was like, all right, well, the the group set ironically survived pretty well. I, I had to buy some new hoods and a, a faceplate for my shifter. Uh, and everything else survived. And that was it? The wheels, wheels were destroyed, the frame got pretty, pretty effed, but, uh, everything else was good, so I, I found a, uh, a pretty, a pretty cool old school frame that I'm gonna throw all these parts on and, and just have a nice little, nice little cruiser. Nice. I like that. It's, you know, always, always hang on to your old parts, they might not be, uh, Speed specific, you know, i'm I'm missing a gear on everybody with this build, but it's still cool to have that kind of stuff later on. You can still make it can. a really nice
0: bike. Well, yeah, and then I will never forget the time, like dude, I rummaging through old mechanics parts, I found a set of like like May cantilevers. I found uh, at, not a matching set, but a single uh Campanola delta. Uh, break, like you know. All, I mean, all kinds of like, Ooh, like that, yeah. solid gold parts. Where like you know, somebody would be would kill to have this. Oh yeah, somebody's
1: uh, looking for that matching Campy Delta shifter. Basically, yeah, yeah I, that's how I found my uh, my spooky uh, brakes for my cyclocross bike. My rim brake cyclocross like, bike. People, that's how that's how dated this bike is. But I uh, I found some old spookies and. They, you know, the company always said they're called spooky because of the way they look, but I think they're spooky just because they don't, they're, they're not actually brakes, they're just speed modulators, you know. <laughs> They'll I slow maintain, you down.
0: I maintain that every cantilever brake can be set up to stop a bike. It just yeah. takes takes a long, long, long time to tune them in. Like, a lot I, of people don't have patience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I raced cycling cross at 180 pounds and i never raced on a bike that could not stop me and like i i don't know like i i just it never happened like yeah i mean it took a long time to tune those bikes in but it never got so bad that i couldn't stop yeah i don't I, i don't necessarily think that that's analogous to my uh answer to the question that nobody asked kind of a scenario but it is it, it uh but you know I, I i think cantilevers still are a viable answer to cyclocross especially if somebody's trying to get into cyclocross racing and all they can afford is somebody's old used bike that has cantilever brakes on it it's like you know oh, yeah. that, that bike can be set up so that it stops and gets you racing. Like many a world championship, were set, were uh, won on cantilever brakes, and then there was yeah. a period in time when world championships chose cantilever brakes. Um, I, I definitely uh, <laughs> there's,
1: you know, there's a reason why a certain companies, you know, Stevens, they, uh, at least I, I think up until recently they still made a cantilever cross, uh, cross frame. Uh, there's definitely still a, there's this this and remember uh, just folks out there who definitely still have a place for that for sure. Yeah, for I, sure. I'm, I'm kind of one of them. Uh, but I, I'll tell you what, the riding a disc brake cross bike is pretty phenomenal in really sloppy conditions.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm yeah. not
1: in D- It Disc brakes are super
0: have, cool uh, for for certain scenarios. As
1: soon as it gets sloppy out, you know. <laughs> Ugh. but
0: yeah, it's, it's, um, a,
1: it's the debate rages on.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: At least, on, at least on the road
0: side of things. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. So uh, do, do, uh, now, when I was around, I don't think you had a mountain bike. Now, when I say you didn't have a mountain bike, I, you had about six road bikes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had a. I've got a problem. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, do 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 you have a mountain bike yet? Uh, one that I personally own. Yeah. Currently, no, no I don't. Damn. Uh, what the hell
1: is wrong? With yeah. You? <laughs> it's something, apparently. But as it stands, I'm not going to be able a mountain bike for a while anyway. Yeah, yeah.
0: I guess that's fine.
1: But uh, I, I do, I am really excited about this this, this bike that I do have come in, which I've been uh, losing sleep over for probably the past oh. three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about, Steve.
0: No, I don't. Oh, oh no. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes,
1: I do. Well, there's a, there's a really nice gentleman that lives over the hill in Santa Cruz uh, named Paul Sadoff. He's making me a friend right now, and I'm really
0: excited about him. For those that, that don't know, Christian's referring to the owner and uh, uh, operator of uh, Rock Lobster Cycles, uh, Paul Sadoff, who has made custom bicycles for ooh, Ever. <laughs> lots of different people for a long, long time. Uh, he's yeah. at least made a custom bicycle for a hundred percent of the people on this phone call, um, <laughs> and uh, he, he uh, yeah. If you are in the market for a custom bicycle, whether it be aluminum or steel or whatever, um, I would. It would behoove you to at least have a conversation with Paul Sadoff
1: at Rock Lobster. Oh, uh, as big, a you know, you know. It's it's. Custom people automatically assume like a custom bike is just gonna kind of be sting. It's just uh, and you know it absorbs an absorbent, yeah, astronomical amount of money, and it's just gonna kind of, we never be able to afford it. But I'm like, you should you know, if, honestly, if if you're a person who if you've got your own group set laying around and, and you have parts to kind of throw at something, it's not as expensive as you think. You know, when you look at what would you, you say you that there
0: was anybody really really smart and 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 super good looking? Who told you to go uh, talk to Paul about building a bike? Uh, I, I remember this one guy. Um, man, he maybe maybe like, just smart, maybe not the good looking, but like <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. Steve, uh, Steve,
1: definitely definitely encouraged me to to reach out to Paul. Um, yeah, man. When I like decided the- about, I, I wanted I knew I wanted a, a, another metal bike. I wanted a steel. Okay, my steel bike. I wanted a forever bike, and and I, I I thought about you know I looked at some you know used frames and things like that, and it wasn't that I'd forgotten about Rock Lobster, but I just didn't really think about it. And it Steve mentioned it, and it just kind of sprang up in my head, and I was like, oh shit, I forgot they are over in Santa Cruz, just over the mountain uh, from San Jose where I live. And uh, yeah, I, I hit. I sent Paul an email, and like I, I, it. Was maybe like that evening when I got home and was kind of on the relaxing from work, I got the most pleasant email back. And he was just like, oh, yeah, you
0: know, kind of gave me the, the rundown. Well, and then and your, your, uh, your mileage may vary <laughs> as far as that's or, concerned. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, it could be. I, I, I've had very uh, pleasant emails with uh, Paul Sadoff, and I've had some emails where um, I was chastised for uh, bugging him a little bit too uh, uh, aggressively. Uh, (laughs) uh, about my bike and, and for, for just cause. But, uh, I will say that, uh, yeah, uh, folks out there who are choosing that method, um, with, I mean, you know, uh, really with any custom bike maker, whether you decide to go out and get a breadwinner or a Tallarico or, um, uh, any kind of, uh, uh, custom bike, uh, I've had a couple of different um, custom bikes made in my time, and oh. uh, uh, for those going out and, and choosing that route, um, there's a certain amount of patience that goes along with that process. Yeah, this isn't a it's,
1: not a, it's not a drive up to the window like I walk out with the... You don't just go to a store and buy a custom bike and leave. You know, uh, really gotta. It's, it's, of course, you know anybody
0: in the crowd listening to this is probably gonna know that. Yeah, but but, but <laughs> at the same time, that there's a there's a reasonable expectation as well as far as the timeline. And uh, you, you would think that. And then I've heard of some timelines, and I'm like, Jesus! All right, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, wow. That's- I would say if somebody gives you a timeline of more than a year and a half. I would say a year is is creeping towards uh, uh, the end of reasonability. That's
1: a that's a that's a fairly good wait a year.
0: Yeah, but but if you are given a timeline of more than a year and a half, you're being asked to wait.
1: That's a that's a that's a long time. I you,
0: I would say you're being asked to wait as a marketing tool. It's 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 a lot like. Uh, like standing outside of the, the, and the club? I was just and, and gonna it's say it's a lot like bouncer, a bouncer who's asked to keep a line at a club. And that that uh, line that never moves. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and you know it's like hey yo, I got this line right here, and it's like don't nobody give a shit about your line. People want to know what songs you are playing in the club, and like what kind of drink specials play. you got going. On. <laughs> just as just like, you know, uh, uh, you know people want to know what kind of bike. You got. And like, you know, I, I, I would say if you go to a person who gives you a, a four year waiting period for uh, your bicycle, you could just as easily go to somebody like, you know, Walt Wenner or uh, Paul Sadoff who will give you a wait time of far less than that and you will get... Effectively, if not better, um, if considered the tempo, uh, a bicycle, uh, then... You know,
1: Considering uh, the features that you want, you know, and if you're not going in there requesting something you know, super crazy, like, I, I was I was totally uh, entered the, the situation expecting to have to wait like, at least a year, and I was okay with that,
0: and then it was like, oh, wow, <laughs> Uh, this long? Yeah, Ooh. I I uh, I got a custom mountain bike from Paul, so that didn't involve a fork. But uh, yeah, uh, I got a custom mountain bike from Paul, and it ended up being about four months.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's, you know, I I didn't get anything super crazy. I I you know I am a I'm a at heart, so you know, yeah. That, in case of what I got, but um, yeah, I, I was I was pleasantly surprised at like how little time the the process was you know i i and if you and if you know what you want and you're and and you've been involved in cycling you can uh cut that process down you know if you have your fit which you know i don't know i know plenty of mechanics that don't we've never had fits um i have actually been lucky enough to have one and it was one of the best things that i could have ever done uh, you don't realize how bad it is, but yeah, and uh, then I, just have your numbers, or you have like, you know a frame that you like, like you have a favorite bike. You can get the measurements of that bike, and they can totally
0: yeah. create you
1: something that's I would it's say, the world for oyster.
0: Yeah, and e- you're not. E- I don't, don't think you're gonna offend is, them. A, is a pretty good <laughs> is a pretty good end uh, avenue to to a decent custom bicycle. I think where I ran into problems uh, was when I started giving my own feedback about what I thought was optimal about, you know, head tube size and head tube angle and, you know, all those kind of things and like when it got down to the end product, I was like, oh man, this doesn't feel right and it was all stuff that I gave my feedback on and not necessarily and, and stuff that I was kinda of warned against by the builder. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: It's a, it's it's an interesting kind of foray. Into uh, getting getting your own you know custom bike made. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about it.
0: Yeah, man. Um, so uh, this is kind of the elephant in the room, uh, just because we have touched on it via social media on Facebook. But I wanted to talk about a time when you walked into a local bike shop got a little bit discriminated against um, those who uh, I mean obviously and nobody listening to this podcast can see Christian but uh, Christian is 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 a black American um, dun
1: dun dun <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, uh, and book it boss <laughs> <laughs> yeah unfortunately Jesus um, and while I don't, I don't necessarily, I, I don't want to get super political about things. However, I think that I, it is undeniable that Christian is black, and that and that is unequivocally linked to the story that uh, he's about to tell about his latest interaction with walking into a bike. Shop.
1: Uh, yeah, it's no, it's it's more of it's more of I guess a just a just a commentary on life in general, <laughs> like what it can be like, and it's just an experience, you know. I, I, sometimes people, for whatever reason, take personal offense to, to stories like these, but you know it, it is real. It, it happens to people. But uh, I I was there's a shop, uh, in town. Which I'm gonna I'm gonna keep I'm not gonna name it at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think we need to pretty, go that far. We didn't need to. <laughs> I'm not gonna day? but they're a pretty reputable shop. Uh, I was actually when I first moved to San Jose, I was very really interested to, to find it, um, and had had trouble locating it a uh, few times. I'd written down, happened to stumble upon it, so to speak. Uh, my 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 girlfriend at the time, right now, showed it to me, um, and, and we went in. The door was wide open. We walked in. Uh, And I didn't really see anybody, but I could hear what I thought was just staff in the back. And a gentleman comes out and kind of not friendly, like either steps directly in front of me. So when you say gentleman,
0: maybe not necessarily so gentle. (laughs) Yeah, not so gentle, but a man, yes.
1: (laughs) So, uh, which is a little like, okay, all right, well. I, I you know, I asked him, like, oh, yeah, you know, I just stopped by. I saw your shop was open. I wanted to uh, take a look by. Do you mind? He said, no, uh, you can't look by. Okay. And I stood there, like, well, why can't I? He said, because we're closed. And I'm like, uh-huh, all right, well, your door was wide open. It looked pretty open to me. I apologize. Uh, m- m- my past experience in the sales side of the industry would have had me, like, yeah, you know, we're closed right now, but... Uh, if you want to come back tomorrow or anything like that, uh, if you see anything you're kind of interested in now, I could I could show you for real quick, you know, yeah, anything some, like that.
0: Something more than now nah, we're closed.
1: You, you you always want to secure that the person will come back, or at least in my. My common sense sales
0: approach. You want to make sure the person actually comes back when you're open. For sure. What, what were you looking for? Maybe I can help you out tomorrow because right now we're not exactly open to the public. But, you know, if, if there's something you're looking for, maybe I can set that aside for you tomorrow when we are open. You know, something like that. No,
1: none yeah. of that. None of that took place. <laughs> <It> was, uh, <laughs> I don't mean to the laugh, because
0: really no, no, it's no. not funny. But... I mean, it's, it's not funny.
1: haha funny it, it,
0: it's <laughs> fucked it's... up, but like, you know, I have to laugh because it's like, man, it's too typical, it's, but you know, on. you know, it,
1: it wouldn't have been a, I can understand the, you know, the gruff mechanic, but it was like a, it was, it was kind of uncomfortable. You didn't even get was, in the fucking well, place.
0: It ain't a gruff no, mechanic. I, you didn't even walk in it, the place.
1: Yeah. It was, you know, the guy immediately, like physically, like looked and sized me up, like up and down, like looked me, it sized me up. And then turned, looked through me to my girlfriend, and sized her up too. Like, and then at that point decided to tell me, like, "Oh, we're close." And it was just clearly that, you know, it wasn't that he was disturbed because, you know, oh, he had to put his, his, his lunch down, or, or you know, oh, shit, you know, it was just like he 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 didn't. It, I just got this 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 air, this this just his his entire demeanor was just. Uninviting, and it wasn't like okay, you disturbed me. It was uninviting in a way that like I don't want you to be here either, and you know it's really off-putting. The thing that really sucks is you know he had a lot of cool stuff from what I, from what little bit I saw.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, <laughs> and, and I would And then like you know even taking race completely out of the situation, like it's situation. That's
1: not how you treat a potential customer. That's you know, it's not how
0: you treat individuals like. People, you know, like let's say it's just a uh, an average, you know, uh, person, not even including race, uh, off the street, and it's like you don't even know that this person is is involved in a large capacity at you know in testing at one of the biggest bicycle companies in the entire world, just down the street from. Yeah you know, where your bike shop is located. You know, it's like, man. He not know me from Peter Dicker, Yeah.
1: The, the thing that really kind of sent the, 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 the interaction downhill, though, was he made it a point to tell me that he didn't sell any bikes under a $1,000. Damn. As he was telling me that he wasn't open and that I couldn't look around, he told me his justification was, well, I don't sell any bikes under a $1,000. And that's when I, I kind of like – My benefit of the doubt, like, oh, this guy's just annoyed, kind of went out of the roof. I was like, oh, you're actively being the
0: asshole. Yeah, but that's funny because I don't buy any bike under two. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I don't
1: own a bike under five. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, it's – which, you know, leads into a bigger thing of just the industry in general. Like, you know, that guy had no idea that, you know, how long I've worked in and what capacity I – I've worked, you know, as insignificant as this baby. Well, <laughs> it's like yeah, I'm I not. Like I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm not a luminary yeah. in, in the cycling industry by any means, and I, I've never touted myself as. Yeah. I'm just like a curious, curious soul likes to tinker. And but yeah, it was. It was just a really bad experience. And like, you know, being a mechanic, but also being astute at like dealing with people, and 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 you know, you can't. You can't treat people like shit and expect them to spend money in your shop.
0: Well, no, I mean, and let me let me just stop you right <laughs> there. You can't treat people like shit.
1: Like, just in general. Uh, yeah. Whether and you own a bike shop or not, you just can't treat people like I don't, shit. Like, but like, like, if like. you want I, their I, money. Let,
0: <laughs> I don't care about bikes or money in a general. Like, let's just take all of that out of this. Like, kill all of that. You can't treat people like shit. Like, and, like, and, you know. Uh, I, I, I want to get away from, like, you know, the transcendental consciousness and, like, and, you know, uh, r- religious or even humanist as- aspect of things. Like, you can't go around treating people like shit. Like, it, and, and, and I do represent all of those things, including altered states and all the weirdness that goes along with being a hippie like I am. Like you mean you can, but I wouldn't. I would. I would. I wouldn't recommend it. You cannot. <laughs> no. I. I like bullshit. I kill all that. You cannot treat people like anything less than a human being, which you are. Do not treat people less than what you would, unless they give you some reason to do so. Yeah, like well, I I definitely gave this this proprietor no
1: reason to do so. It like, was just was. Uh, you were just a human person.
0: being walking in to a, a an establishment that sells bikes. You cannot treat yeah. people less than such in that scenario. Like that's all I'm saying. Like I and I I, I, I take religion, take race, take anything out, out of that scenario. Treat people like a human being as you are. And, oh, agreed. And and and. and I'm not trying to be super hippy dippy about things or, you know, whatever. But, like, like, do you, you can't, you can't treat people like less than people. You can't treat humans like they're less than human. Like, that's just, that's unacceptable and it can't be done. And, you know, I don't ever, I wouldn't ever take you out of your comfort zone as far as what happened in that scenario. But I, you know, off the air, I would like to know the name of that bike shop and see if I can get a hold of an email address and be like, Oh, Hey, yo, you know, you might want to pay attention to this next podcast episode, download it and listen to it. And, and take, jot down some fucking notes, Jack. And like, listen to what happened in this scenario where you assumed one thing about a human being when it was, it, could not have been further from what you assume.
1: Yeah.
0: And I don't want to
1: explicitly say that my 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 uh, uh, ethnicity had anything to do with it, but it sure as hell felt like it did. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. from well, I'm, and, I'm I'm, I'm I was and I born and raised in North Carolina, and I yeah. know what like you know blatant <laughs> in your face racism looks like. I, yeah, I've dealt and, with it,
0: and I don't so. think that should be down. <laughs> it was not either. A, like if you feel if yeah. you felt like it was a. A dehumanizing issue. And, and I'm not even saying race. I'm just saying if you felt less than who you Classist are.
1: Classist, whatever have you, it was not a – it was
0: – Yeah, like it, it, like that's not okay and that person should be called out. Like if, if they're yeah. – if, if I – and when I say I, I'm not talking about me, myself. I, I think if an individual, anybody – has a capacity to change the way that the world thinks about things along these lines, such as any human, regardless of race, regardless of sexual orientation, regardless of anything, being traded as less than a human, if they have the capacity to realign people's minds into the correct way of thinking, as far as thinking of that person as a human being, which they deserve to be treated and thought of as, then that person—it's incumbent upon that person to do that. Like i, I think that I—I I think that this podcast has a chance to reach out to that person and say, "Hey, listen, you know, listen to this podcast and just listen to what happened and like and and figure out a little something about what went on in that scenario and rethink about the way that you treat people, and if it changes one person, even if it's just not even that the person that owns that shop, but a mechanic working at that shop, and they're like, yo, that's bullshit, and I'm not going, I'm going to go out of my way to make sure I don't treat people as anything less than human from here going forward. I think that that is a high tide that raises all ships as far as the bicycle industry and specifically mechanics are concerned. Yeah. I, I, you know,
1: prejudices and and things like that aside to them, you don't know who's walking in to your shop or or what they're into or how, you know, just get down the brass tacks like how much money they could potentially
0: spend with you. you For sure. For sure. It's
1: uh, it's just not a, it's 2017, you know, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a good book.
0: Well, right, beyond being unwise and it is unwise, you shouldn't, Treat people like that from just a business standpoint—it's it's unethical. It's the wrong thing to do.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's yeah, you know, it's a it's a stain on it's a stain on that one shop. Though uh, I I don't want to say I, I'd go step way out of there saying it's an the whole. You know, I I I've been attracted to this for a really long time. But you know there are some elements like that, that get, they get you know do leave a bad taste in your mouth. But I far and beyond have experienced way less of that than I uh, than I have actually experienced it. But it just it kind of blew me away with the the reviews that I saw of this place and then like the experience that I had walking in there. It's just a just a, a curious passerby, you know. Yeah,
0: just and just you know the fact that if you're close. <laughs> If you're closed, close and lock
1: your front damn door. Like, Jesus, it's not that hard. <laughs> just close the door. I'm sure it's hot, but I'm sure there's a back door, too. Or, you know, you're a box fan. or, or I've worked in hot shops. Or, just, close, just close the door.
0: <laughs> or even if there's a reason for the door to be open, like, soundly Put explain. something in front of it. Or, or even if you have to be in a situation where you have to explain to the person, explain it in a way that you would like it to be explained to you. Hey, listen... I understand you're looking at what's in here right now. We're not really open right now. If you want to shoot me an email or if you want to shoot me a, 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 a phone call tomorrow, I'd be happy to set you know whatever aside for you. I understand that it looks open because the door is open. Sorry about that, but we're really not open right now. You know what I'm saying? Go out of your way to explain why it is that the fucking door is open and it appears that you're open, but you're not really open for business. Instead of saying, yo, we don't have any bikes under $1,000. Beat fee. Like... Yeah, reach feet, yeah. kick rocks.
1: <laughs> good, good, day, sir.
0: Yeah, that doesn't make no sense. Yeah. yeah
1: I. Oh, well, maybe, maybe he has a maybe maybe has a different business model. Yeah, know? and maybe. listen, and, 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 and the
0: whole reason and the whole reason that I would like to know who, you know, who the uh, the offending uh, uh, party is in this circumstance is so that I can reach out and give him a chance to defend himself. You know, if he's like, oh, hey, yo, listen, here's why what went on went on, and it's completely plausible, I don't think that's going to happen, but if I he think said, it'd be hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> at very, le- At very least, it'd be entertaining to listen to what he had to say about it. Oh, that. yeah. Like, you know, uh, if he said, you know, here's why what happened happened, you know, I want to give him a chance to say that. And, uh, and... Oh, oh, and I would say on the top end of the spectrum, if he's like, hey, yo, when I heard that story, I it made me realize, you know, that was a fucked up thing I did. Can you reach out to Christian and tell him I'm sorry and, you know, uh, there was no reason for me to, to act like that and I shouldn't have done that. And here's all the things that I was going through that day. And, you know, while it doesn't excuse my, my uh, uh, actions. Does explain them, and I do apologize for them. You know, I, I think that that is an opportunity that people don't don't often get, and should take advantage of. I've been I I've been in situations where I fucked up, and when I fucked up, people brought it to me and said, "Hey, yo, this is wrong," and I said, "You know what? Uh, You're right. Uh-huh. You're right. That was wrong." <laughs> um, sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, let, let me tell you the reasons why That won't ever happen again. And uh, and let me tell you, I, I appreciate you letting me know that I I fucked things up. Um, yeah. and uh, it's
1: you know honestly I, I was I walked in the door and I looked over and kind of got a quick peek of what was in there. I got really excited. I was like, oh man, this place looks awesome. Like I I want to check this out. This looks like my kind of shop. And, right. Uh, which is their uh,
0: demographic. In, the, in the course
1: of like about a minute and a half to two minutes, that quickly went to went to that's about.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, listen, uh, Christian, uh, I have now uh, quadrupled the uh, uh, amount of time I've spoken to any guest. So uh, we're going to end this up. Um, New uh, record. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get too excited. There's only been three episodes, but uh, uh, Uh hey, but listen, let's uh, let's do this again. I uh I, I love. Sure, hopefully, singing.
1: hopefully this episode wasn't too controversial or anything. You know, they don't. People are
0: like, hey, "Whoa,
1: listen. no!" <laughs> Who gives a shit if it was? I, like, uh, yeah, I, I definitely don't.
0: But <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. But like, you know, like you know, if it's too controversial uh, for that listener, then I You know, um, I hope that listener finds another bike mechanic-centric podcast that they can listen to that doesn't uh, offend their sensibilities. Um, Are
1: there uh, any others, though? <laughs> uh, uh,
0: there aren't. At least that
1: it don't it have uh, delicate uh, sensibilities. Yeah,
0: there aren't at this time, um, but I, I, I implore that person to go look for one, and if they want, start their own. That doesn't offend anybody, but it, and until that time, I'm here to offend anybody who's worth offending, and, uh, uh, you know, I'm here to have people on who want to talk about real shit, and so, you know, and, if that's not for you, then my my podcast isn't for you. And, yeah.
1: Uh, well, and Steve, I I really appreciate you reaching out and having me on. This has been fun. I've, yeah, I've never actually. This is my. This is my my first podcast.
0: Uh, it, hey, mine too. Um, oh. Right. <laughs> this, is, this has been fun. It's good to hear from you, man. I miss you. Yeah, I miss you too, man. Uh, we got to have you up here, uh, or I mean, you know, when they let me back in the United States, I got to get down there. For sure, a visit. To, no, don't, uh, don't come back, Steve. Just, just stay up there as long as you <laughs> can. <I'm just kidding. laughs> <laughs> I mean, for sure, a San, uh, visit to San Jose and all my uh, uh, homies in the Bay Area is. Imminent.
1: Everything's on fire. <laughs> uh, I, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, I don't doubt that is the case. I'm still missing. Um, but. miss yeah. uh, uh, you too. too. Yeah. Um, it was good talking to Christian. Um, we too, man. Again, uh, real, real soon. Uh, keep in touch via text or email uh, I love you big all love um, uh, send all my love to, to your friends over there at specialized and, all, the, all the homies and uh, and uh, just you know the general locals over there in the Bay Area scene um, I will do man alright man anything you want to say before you go um uh, thanks for having me yeah.
1: hey, uh Everybody out there, um, if you're not a mechanic listening, ride your bike. If you're interested in learning about bicycles you should do it. Uh, if you've never ridden a bike you should ride one and you know, they bike can change your life. You know, they definitely change mine for the better. Hell uh, uh, yeah. And uh, always wear a helmet too. I'm here because of helmets. So Heck
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a big thing that we didn't really touch on. Yeah, yeah. Christian's life it was safe because of the helmet that he was wearing. Helmets building so, took and that again that was a straight up normal Every day, run of the mill. That, that was a casual
1: ride. Yeah. yeah. All right,
0: man. So, uh, help
1: us in number one. See you, Steve.
0: <laughs> Peace, man. Later. Peace. So that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, looks like, uh, next week I've got pretty wide open. I'm, I'm going to the just for laugh shows in Montreal and uh, a couple of music type, uh, endeavors. But uh, the week after that, I am definitely going to be going to the Mount St. Anne races, the World Cup uh, mountain bike race that they have up there, and uh, I will be helping out uh, my brother from another mother, Drew Escherich, uh, over there, uh, probably washing bikes or getting him a cup of coffee or whatever, because I still can't quite work in Canada yet. Uh, but uh, if you happen to be up there, uh, just drop by and say hi. Uh, I definitely uh, like to meet people who listen to the podcast, and, and I, I want to hear all your feedback. And uh, uh, listen to what you've got to say. Um, you know, while, I'm, while I got you here, uh, be sure and go uh, uh, subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review. Uh, that's important. Uh, just sort of it keeps us relevant and keeps a lot of uh, exposure for us on iTunes, which is sort of the leading uh, space for that. But, uh, yeah, um, thanks so much for stopping by and listening. And uh, until next time, this has been Steve Berg here at the Creature the Wheel podcast. I'm out.